0: Eagles Entertainment.
1: Anything that moves, I don't him! Get here. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It. It's party time. It's party time. Let's right, go. Touchdown! You're listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Bran Duffy.
2: That's right of the day, and the Eagle season is over. As the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues, I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number five seventeen. At the top of today's show, we've got the postgame show where I chat with Marissa Pilla and Ike Reese as the Eagles fall in the wild card round—a thirty-two to nine loss on the road to the Tampa Bay Bucks at Ram- Raymond James Stadium. A lot to talk about on both sides of the football. We hash in, we hash this game out. We talk through the season in general. We talk about the last month. Um, a lot of things that were recurring themes over the last few games popped up here in this loss to the Tampa Bay Bucks. This podcast is going to take you all the way up until the start of Nick Sirianni's press conference after the game. So if you want to listen to Nick Sirianni, if you want to listen to Jalen Hurts, if you want to catch all the rest of our breakdowns from this uh, from this show, make sure you go check out the post game show in its entirety. That's over on the Eagles YouTube page. That's the best place where you can find it, uh, as well as all of our uh, best content over with Eagles Entertainment. Um, as always, make sure you rate, review, subscribe right here to the podcast feed. We'll have more in the coming days, in the coming weeks. Uh, we'll start to talk more NFL Draft here uh, with the uh, with the Senior Bowl right around the corner, the Combine right after that. So we'll be the the, the top. The talk will not stop. Uh, not just for the Eagles, but for the entire NFL here on the Eagle on the Sky podcast. Uh, so stay tuned for all that. Greg Cosell will be on later this week. Uh, we'll talk through the Eagles. Season. Season uh, in general, uh, as well as this loss to the Tampa Bay Bucks. So, uh, with that said, let's get into it. Let's get into the post-game show. Marissa's is going to lead us in. Let's go now to the post-game show.
0: Hey everyone, welcome to the post-game show presented by Rico. I'm Marissa Pillow with Fran Duffy and Ike Reese, and a season that started so promising for the Philadelphia Eagles ends in such disappointing fashion, losing 32-9 to in the wild card round to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How did we get here?
1: Yeah, I think that's the question that a lot of people have been asking themselves and will continue to ask themselves as we work our way through this offseason and try to head towards improving on what we could look like in the 2024 season. But you just go back, you know, two months ago, Thanksgiving – Big win against the Buffalo Bills at home in the overtime. Jalen Hurts scoring the game-winning touchdown, sitting at 10-1, and Eagles with the best record in football. There's no one that could have imagined being where we are right now just two months later. And that's where a lot of question and soul-searching will happen with the organization over the next coming days, over the next coming weeks, as to how do you fix this and what's the best course of doing that. Because when you look at this team, there is plenty of talent here. Now, is there enough talent to get to where we ultimately want to go based on the results? There's not enough talent here. There's also a lot of other questions that need to be answered and asked as to how you improve this team moving forward. But you better believe this is an organization that won't sit back and lay down and and just accept not meeting a certain standard. We talk about the standard being the standard all the time, but those things still will ring true as you move forward. WITH THIS ORGANIZATION, AND SO YOU SAW SHOTS OF OWNER JEFFREY Lurie IN HIS SUITE WATCHING THIS GAME, AND THAT DID NOT LOOK LIKE A HAPPY MAN TO ME.
2: YEAH, I MEAN, IT'S CRAZY TO THINK, uh, YOU MENTIONED JUST WHERE WE WERE SIX WEEKS AGO uh, WITH THIS FOOTBALL TEAM, YOU KNOW, 10-1, and one. YOU'RE COMING OFF THAT OVERTIME WIN OVER THE BUFFALO BILLS, A WEEK REMOVED FROM THE WIN AGAINST THE KANSAS CITY CHIEFS ON MONDAY NIGHT FOOTBALL ON THE ROAD, AND TO SEE THAT TEAM, be where it is right now, uh, ousted in the first round of the playoffs, going one and five down the stretch in the regular season and losing to the NFC NSC South champion, Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, certainly a disappointing, uh, disappointing end to this season. And everybody that's watching this show uh, and is joining the three of us, that you know, we're kind of like at a loss for words with this team, right? We, we have been over the last month plus. And in this game, I think you saw a lot of the same things that we've seen over the last month pop up issues on third down issues against the blitz you know the the missed tackles popped up again that was not an issue in the first half of the season that was not an issue you know in Kansas City or against Buffalo but in the last month in the last three four games especially uh the defensive issues multiplied uh the issues on offense were magnified this is just that this was a tough watch tonight and it's been a tough watch over the last month
0: it's been getting uh inexplicably like snowballing over the last few weeks these little things missed tackles okay one here or there but it it just started to what became what started as uncharacteristic started to become characteristic for this team and there was no way for them to stop it and as you said a lot of that continued today the missed tackles third down everyone knew heading into this game point number one on the on the scouting board for Tampa Bay was they're going to blitz the Eagles didn't have any questions answers for that blitz What should have they been doing?
1: Well, I mean, listen, when you have a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers splits the third most in the entire league, you know what to expect coming into this game. And there are times where, you know, they send five guys and there are enough guys for you to pick it up. And the quarterback, you got to go know where you want to go with the football and get it out your hands quick. And then there are times uh, often with a Todd, Bowl's type of defense, much like we saw with Wing Martindale, where they bring one extra guy, and you're going to get somebody coming free. And a lot of it is about play designs on the offense. How do you combat that? That's where, you know, the, the, the coaches that are in those positions, I'm sure they go over these things week to week, blitz pickups and all of those things. But sometimes, you know, the defense just has the right number dialed up, and you don't have the right answer. And it seems like over the last two weeks, especially against the Giants and Tampa Bay, is that we've seen an enormous amount of blitzing coming at this Eagles offense, and this is a copycat league. When you don't show that you have the answers for these types of things, then the next team you face, they're going to give you the same type of uh, blitzes.
2: And that's the thing is that the numbers in this game, you know, Jalen Hurts, I know coming into the halftime, he was 14 of 20 for 165 yards and a touchdown. And you look at it and you say, okay, like that, that's an efficient afternoon, efficient night for Jalen Hurts going into halftime, right? Well, well. At the end of the day, the Eagles were 0 for nine on third down, like and that's a, a situation on offense where when you can't stay on the field, when you can't create, uh, continue those drives by converting on third down. And you know, it's not like they were you know three for four on fourth down. They were 0 for two on fourth down. So this team could not uh, create and sustain offense in this game. And obviously, nine points speak to that. Uh, a lot of that comes on a 55-yard catch to Devontae Smith, who was outstanding tonight and did everything he could to try and will this team to victory. And will this offense into success? But I think when you look at this offense, the, the big thing right now uh, on the back end of the season, and really for the most of the for the majority of the season, has been their ability to su- successfully handle extra pressure from the opposing defense.
0: Yeah, Devonte Smith was that spark on the offense, and there was a moment in the second quarter where we thought they maybe are getting their yep. feet underneath them a little bit but they were held scoreless in three of the four quarters today. All nine of their points came in that second quarter, unable to create any of that momentum. They started to spark in the second quarter In the third and fourth. They outscored Tampa Bay 9-6 to six in the second quarter, and that's kind of where that spark fizzled out.
1: Yeah, and even with them playing well in that second quarter, I was still a little surprised that they didn't run the ball as much as I thought they would run the ball tonight. The success they had in that first game against Tampa, that coupled along with some of our deficiencies that, we're had, that we have on the defensive side of the ball. I thought that would be a formula for success for this Eagles team tonight. If you can have some sort of ball control type of offense, keep that Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense on the sideline, help your defense out, keep them fresh. I thought that would at least be a way to keep this game close. And let's not lose sight that this was a game into the third quarter. You were looking at 16-9. Yep. This game was the defense has started to uh, get a little traction. They had gotten, I believe, consecutive sacks on third downs. Three
2: straight drives. Yeah,
1: three straight drives against the Bucks to get them off the field and give the offense a chance to sort of get back into the game. And we just couldn't get anything offensively going in the second half of this game tonight. You know, stayed backed up on our side of the field for the majority of the night, and that's where you got to sort of give the Bucks defense a lot of credit, but to me, I thought DeAndre Swift would be a little bit more of the offensive game plan tonight, and I thought that would help our defense out against this Bucs offense that they didn't do a great job in the first half, although they held Tampa Bay to field goals instead of touchdowns, which actually kept you in the game. You know, Tampa Bay scored on four straight drives, but it was only one touchdown with three field goals. And midway through that third quarter, you're still looking at a one possession game there. Just needed the offense to get something going. Thought they got a little bit of a spark that led to that touchdown with Dallas Goddard. But after that, we couldn't get much else going. Fran talked about being able to convert on third down to extend drives. Even when we were in third and short yardage situations, we just couldn't get over that hump. It was a multiple third and two situations that we didn't convert into first down. And that's something that we were doing. Earlier in the season,
2: three three and outs in the first three quarters, uh, and one of them was the, the safety possession, and obviously that was the killer. That was that was the turning was point the one, in yeah. this game. Was Jalen Hurts taking that safety, uh, and that made it a two score game, and then uh, Tampa Bay came out. That's when they scored that long touchdown to Trey Palmer, the rookie. As we see Brandon Graham come off the field, uh, you know, and go into the locker room. To me, you know. Um, Marissa, you talked about Devontae Smith you know, providing that spark offensively. To me, the sack that BG and Fletcher Cox had in the second quarter, that was a, a spark for the defense where you saw those guys come off the field and were you know, really fiery and getting after their guys on that sideline. And you saw them bringing that emotion, giving that spark. And then Devontae Smith comes out, and he has that long catch and run, the 35-yarder, that set up the Eagles' first points. On both sides, those were kind of the linchpins. And I thought that, okay – now that they kind of have something going, and they they had that momentum, the spark, they just they couldn't they couldn't uh, take advantage of that enough, and ultimately uh, we saw what happened. Again, I, I agree that turning point was the safety there in the third quarter. Yeah, you
0: could kind of feel everything start to shift when that yeah. started to happen. And also to your point about running the ball in week three, when the Eagles played the Bucks, they had 201 rushing yards, one of the highest of the season. Tonight, 42 total yeah. rushing yards, and DeAndre Swift carried the ball for 34 of those. So it just really wasn't an option for them going forward. How much did that have to do with the blitz that they were shown a lot or how much was just schematic calls?
1: Well, and, you know, only Coach Sirianni and Coach Brian Johnson know what dictated what they did on the offensive side of the ball. But I would just say from my viewpoint, you know, when you get a team that likes to blitz as much as Tampa Bay likes to blitz, they're not sending a lot of run blitzing uh, defenses at you. They're blitzing when they feel like you're in an obvious passing situation, and sometimes it's not predicated on down the distance. It's predicated on personnel. So you come out there and 11 personnel, well, to Tampa Bay, that says, you're probably going to try to throw the ball here, so we're going to send extra guys at you. And that's what we saw an awful lot of uh, tonight. I think the way you sort of combat that is, is you give Tampa Bay a little more to think about by running the ball at them at times. Even when you get to you know, third and two, you know, we, we did this multiple times throughout the season where it's third and two, and you already knew in the back of your mind that if we don't pick up the first down with this run, we're going for it on fourth down anyway. We didn't do a lot of that tonight. What we did was we threw the ball on third and, and, and two multiple times, and we didn't pick up any of those. So that's where Tampa is saying, based off your personnel we know it's more likely for you to throw the ball than it is run the ball. Here, we're going to send extra rushers at you.
2: So, two things. Uh, first off, uh, to DeAndre Swift, ten carries for thirty-four yards in this game. Uh, seventeen of them came on one run. So, nine carries for—I uh, only took one math class in college. <laughs> uh, nine carries for seventeen or for uh, 17. for seventeen right. yards 17. for seventeen yeah. yards. So that's under two yards a carry for the for the other nine carries. That's not going to cut it for this offense. And we talked about the issues when the Eagles were winning games through the chunk of this year, the inconsistencies running the football was a big issue for this team. And we said, oh, you know, it's different things every week. And, and I would say, too, to the volume of runs in this game, the Eagles ran a bunch of RPOs. I know the long catch and run for Devontae Smith in the first half, that was off an RPO. Some of the th- the pl- plays they were able to get uh, to convert some plays to Dallas Goddard, the touchdown, RPO. So we saw some of those run pass option plays that uh, the ball ended up going to Jalen Hurts and coming out of his hand uh, in the throw game. But at the end of the day, uh, just not efficient enough with the run game uh, you only had you had the one explosive run from uh you know from deandre and then even the, some negative runs as well they, they, i mean that minus six right before the, on the safety drive yeah. uh where kenny gainwell goes minus six on the try he tries to cut back against the grain that sets up uh the eagles behind the sticks and then two plays later jalen hurts is tackled in the end zone intentional grounding for a safety so i think when you look at the run game just not efficient enough here tonight
0: yeah let's move to the other side of the ball yeah. the defense Didn't have that much better of a showing for the Eagles tonight. And what was interesting, too, was there were moments where Baker Mayfield just looked so confident slinging the ball down the field and almost had no fear of repercussion in terms of going for those explosive plays. A lot of those didn't connect with his receivers, but only by a few inches. And it, it, it had a feeling that... He wasn't afraid of the Eagles secondary, and he was confident he could take those chances and still get another chance at, at going at it again. And we know the secondary has been so banged up for the Eagles this season, and it was always kind of the weakest point of the defense. But defensively, where did you see areas where they could have really built themselves back up?
1: Well, I mean, listen, throwing the football against this defense, teams have had success. we watched that throughout the season at times. Uh, and, and quite frankly... In the first half, I thought Baker was comfortable back there. You know, they didn't get much pressure on him. He was able to get rid of the ball. And we've had an um, issue with being sort of uh, vulnerable in the hash marks in the middle part of the defense, whether it's our nickel coverage or our linebackers. And so that's where they wanted to take advantage of some throws there. But then I thought we did some good things in that third quarter. I thought we did some things to make Baker hold on to the football. Making, you know, as you as they say, burp the baby back there. And then yep. you had guys able to get to him, get hits on him. And that's where that, that Tampa Bay's offense sort of stifled there in the third quarter. They didn't get much going when we, we mentioned the three consecutive third down sacks that they were able to get. But in that first half, I'm sure part of Avante Maddox. Playing a new position, even though he's played safety in the past. It's still been a few years since he's played safety. Three schemes go. Yeah. His 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 eye discipline, his reads, his instinctual play is gonna be off because he used to playing in the slot versus being way back there playing a deep thirds. You think about the play to score. Well, I think they scored a touchdown. They got a big gain on it, where he and Eli Ricks ran into yep. each other. Yep. Well, Vontae's coming down and his eyes isn't looking at the entire field so that he knows with that tight split, it's a pretty good chance somebody's coming across the field. He's so locked in on his guy that he's not paying attention to the other side, and he knocks off, I believe, Eli Ricks there, and that allowed uh, the young Tampa Bay receiver to sort of get in the end zone. So I think some of that is just personnel out of position in in certain times that they were uh, able to take advantage of. But then I thought in that third quarter, whatever they did uh, coverage-wise, Forced Baker to hold on to the football a little longer than he was in the first half, and the D-line was able to get there for three sacks. It's been a while since we've had, what, three sacks in a game.
2: Especially on third down. Yeah. I, I don't know that they've had that this season where they were able to get th- get home to the quarterback three times on third down. And so I think when you look at, at this defense, certainly that was the big positive. The, I mean, the missed tackles uh, bad. was bad. I mean, there's, there's no other way yeah. to talk about it. You talk about last week against the Giants, it was bad. The week before against Arizona, it was bad. So uh, the last three weeks, the tackling on that side of the football, and you know, that's something that's going to be a whole different discussion for, uh, by the time you get around to next summer and to next season. But uh, that was a, a bad way to end this season, no, qu- no question. Yeah.
1: Hey, yeah. That's, that's, that's the one thing for me as a defensive player that, uh, you know, it just sticks out like a sore thumb. It just does. You can talk about all the X's and the O's and schemes that you want to, but going up, making a tackle, um, getting hits on the ball carrier, you know, to me, I've always felt like that's about desire and wanting to get there and wanting to make the play as opposed to waiting on somebody else to make the play. I just thought there were too many instances tonight where there were defenders in place to where it should have been a, either a stop for no gain, or a minimal game or even in some cases a loss and the Tampa Bay runners were able to cut break out of tackles yep. uh, or guys completely whipped on tackles. So to me, I, you know, schemes whatever, you know, I I look at being able to make tackles, getting off of blocks. To me that's that speaks about what type of defense you're going to be. And I just think over the last month it's just been way too much of missing tackles. Even when you've had defenders in position to make plays, we're not making the plays,
2: and, and not one player either. Right? Yeah, one, yeah, exactly. Multiple position groups. I yeah. mean, that's a, it was a, an issue that plagued this defense yeah. over the course of the last three or four games.
0: So it's almost like you can read a little more into these missed tackles. There might be something else that's playing a role, and we talked too. Like, there's a lot of subconscious thoughts that must be going through these players' minds when things haven't been going well. You enter the playoffs in in a way, in a form that doesn't really identify with your whole team persona. And it has to be tough to try to break through that in in a playoff scenario where win and go home, you should have won the division. You didn't do that. You have to go on the road, try to win a game, and just come up short time in and time out. It just kind of adds up at a certain point.
1: Sure, and these guys are human. Human nature uh, and athletes at times can be the most fickle when it comes to being confident versus being a little unconfident in your shell in yourself and so when you don't get the results you're looking for out there on the field and things aren't going well that's when you can start to second guess yourself or be a little unsure of yourself so um yeah the way they played coming down the stretch i'm pretty sure that their confidence levels were nowhere near as high as they were when they were 10 and 1. right i mean that's just that's just like i said it's human nature to have that but i thought they came out with a want to win this game tonight. I, I thought I saw that earlier in the game. I really do. I, you know, they things didn't go well for the defense. They, they gave up four scores on four straight drives. The offense was trying to get something going. They didn't necessarily have it going in that first half. But I didn't see anybody giving up. You know, I thought they still fought to keep themselves in this game in that third quarter. It wasn't until they got that safety and they went down by two scores where you may start to see – Guy's shoulders slump a little bit. And it's like, oh man, here we go. You know, that can happen when you don't, when you don't, when you're not playing your best this time of the year and it's not a one off, meaning you just had one bad game or what have you. When it's sort of been bad habits, it's been repetitive, and you've been trying to fight your way out of this thing for the last month and a half, it's easy to slip back into that when things aren't going well. In the game again, I want to give them credit. I, I thought they fought their butts off, two and a half quarters, almost three quarters there, and then yep. it got to that safety, and then Tampa scored, and then that's when you you can almost feel like the air went out of the building there. So you know, I you you want to you, you never want to say a team didn't put their best foot forward, right? Especially in a playoff game. So I want to give them credit, or the benefit of the doubt, to say they at least were doing that. But I also understand when it starts to snowball on you human nature even when you may not consciously know that it's not your best subconsciously that's what happens
2: you know i i didn't play like you did right i've been around this team now this is my 13th season just finished and one thing i could say like that has changed for me since i got here to right now is the impact that confidence or the lack of confidence can have and that is a true force multiplier for a team where you know and in that it can take whatever your talent level is if you have a lot of confidence and if you're executing at a high high level and you're doing repetitively week after week that is going to climb and climb and climb and the other the other side of that is that we see the downside of it and I think that uh, that's something that certainly may have happened here for this team and for especially for this defense in the last month but at the end of the day, uh, to me, it comes down to execution, uh, and this is a, a defense that you know just could not get off the field on third down for the majority of this uh, the, the, this season. But certainly on the back end, now today uh, it was I think they were five of thirteen on third down, Tampa Bay. So defense did a good job on third down uh, here in this one. But I think at the end of the day, uh, just a lot that will need to be corrected here this offseason for sure.
0: I also want everyone at home to know that Ask Ike presented by Pond Lee Hockey is still open. I know everyone probably has a lot of questions please send them Ike's way that's why he's here to answer all of your questions either from today's game or the season as a whole. Um, But to go a little bit big picture it's, it's really fair to say that this team um, underperformed to the expectations that were surrounding yep. them as they entered this season. But looking back on the season as a whole, what are some moments or, or games where you saw them as close to their potential as they could have been?
1: Well, um, one of the games that sticks out to me is you know, the Miami game. No First one. I thought the yep. Miami game was a game where you saw both sides of the football sort of contribute. The offense was clicking on. Clicking uh, in the passing game and the running game as well. And I thought from a defensive standpoint, um, would they give up seven points in that game, I believe? because I know they scored yep. defensively on a touchdown, yep. I believe. So, you know, defensively going up against that Dolphins offense, t- to that point, it was the most impressive defensive performance that we have seen around here in a couple years. When you think about the Miami firepower that they had coming into that game. So I think about that game, the Buffalo game, you know to me that was the game of the year for the eagles i just thought i just thought that game sort of just embodied to that point everything this team sort of has showed us because you know prior to that they had some quote unquote not necessarily pretty wins they just won by any means necessary and we'd say getting the w is all that matters well that was one of those games where it didn't look good early in the game i think they were down by double digits had to come back fighting that game, got in the overtime, and won it in thrilling fashion with Jalen Hurts running it in for a touchdown. Like to me, that's that was their best game of the season.
2: Me. I don't want to hear those two words next year. Uh, ugly win. Like I don't want to. Right. I don't want to hear. It. Uh, <laughs> I think after the la- after uh, you know everything since Thanksgiving on, I hope that that term right. can be thrown out of the Eagles' dictionary. Uh when a win, is a win, a win is a win. A win is a win in the NFL. Uh, yeah, but to me, to answer your question, Marissa, I think that at the end of the day, uh, the Miami game is the first one that comes to mind. But even thinking, you know, watching all the games this week. Miami, Eagles beat Buffalo. Watch them today. Eagles beat them. Uh, Kansas City, Eagles beat them. LA Rams, Eagles beat them. Dallas Cowboys, Eagles beat a bunch of playoff teams, a couple that went to the divisional round. This is the team that belonged with that group. Now, the team that we saw tonight, uh, for the majority of the night and the team that we saw over the last month, like that, that was not the team that we saw beat those teams. I mean, honestly, that, that's not the way that they played over, over the month of December and into January, and that's the opposite of what we were saying in September in October after those games, was, hey, you know what? Like, yeah, there are things that need to be cleaned up, but this was a big win. You want to build. You want to keep climbing so you're playing your best football when you reach this point in the season. When the temperature drops to below 30 and you're outside and you have home field advantage, that's when you want to be playing your best football. The Eagles were the opposite of that. They were, they were playing their worst football down the stretch and it came back to bite them.
0: It was just so frustrating to watch too because we saw the potential early in the season and we saw them be able to win games in a a multitude of ways which only makes you feel a little more confident and we said this earlier in the season that there's going to be a point where they look back at this moment and be like oh we've won in this scenario, we've been down by this, we had to do this or that and find that way to win again and it seems like they weren't able to kind of reach into that tool chest so to speak and, and use those going forward.
1: Here's another thing that that I hope they take away uh, from the season. Because the the NFL has a way of humbling you um, any given Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Saturday, whenever the games (laughs) are played. The NFL has a way of humbling you as a team. And to a man, I wouldn't be surprised if these players look at themselves this offseason when they get some alone time and they're trying to reflect back on how this went wrong and where it went wrong and when did it go wrong. You know, sometimes things can seem to be a lot easier than most people expect. And what I mean by that is, over the course of a season and 11 games, they won a lot of football games, yep, man. From the 2022 season into this season, you know, they won a lot of football games up in that 10-1 and record. And sometimes you think the winning is going to come easy, right? And so it's small things. Small things that you may overlook that you don't pay attention to minor details. You know, when coaches talk about detailing your work, not not missing out or overlooking some of the small things, the corrections that are there when you're winning and you have those type of issues in a game, it's harder for a coach to to get to you as a player as to how to correct some of these things. So I say all this to say is that when I look at how the season ended versus where they were at 10-1, you know, it, it's not because this team wasn't a good football team. This wasn't a mirage. It wasn't smoking mirrors. But only they truly know where this thing went wrong. And you can lose a game in this league. You may lose two games. But it doesn't have to turn into three, four, four out of five, five out of six. Yep. So it was somewhere in there where they were trying to get this thing turned around and they weren't able to get it turned around. And th- that's what's going to have to be fixed this offseason. Because a lot of these players will be back when you look, especially on the offensive side of the ball. It's a very good group of talent, a young core that you can still win with, that I still believe in. You know, getting things fixed on that side of the football where everybody's on the same page, when you listen to some of the messaging coming out of the locker room, you know, you can pick up on certain things. And when players are talking about connectivity and 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 believing in the coaches and things of that nature, There was obviously something there that didn't allow them to be able to continue to do that. So those are things that when you get back to the drawing boards in the offseason, collect yourself, you sort of recommit to those things and you can get those things fixed. I've been part of disappointing endings to seasons.
2: I was just going to ask you that. I've been a part of that.
1: Yeah, so I've been a part of that and it takes a little bit of time to move past it. But I think if there's the trust and the faith in each other, and we all are still pushing for the same goal, that one common goal. Then everybody's gonna be willing to make those sacrifices this offseason so that when you come back the next year, you're better than you were this year and you don't allow whatever happened after you were 10 and 1, 10 and 2, to happen again. Because a lot of these younger players, Devontae, Jalen, you know, these guys are gonna be here. They're gonna be here, so this can be a learning experience for them That to, to know that if they get in these tough spots, well, these are the things that we need to do so that we will allow this thing to continue to happen.
2: Well, and you mentioned you've been a part of some disappointing teams, and not to rehash uh, everything, but I mean, you yeah. had, you were on teams where you know, losing records and, and coaching staffs fired. You were on yeah. uh, divisional round losses, teams, three NFC title game losses, a, a Super Bowl loss. When you have those kind of, you talked about, you know, every player is going to ha- kind of have that conversation. Is that something that you had just with yourself, or was it small groups? Was it the whole unit? Did you, how, how did those,
1: those situations get handled? It usually starts with yourself first, yeah. right? And then, there, and then the small groups form, right? The small groups form. Um, and then it gets as you get closer to off-season programs starting, you start coming back around the building. You know, what you first realize is guys are here earlier, right? So they're, early, they're here earlier in the off-season. So everybody's getting a little more committed to the offseason program, as opposed to everybody going off and doing their own thing and only showing up for mandatory things. Started having guys around a little bit more. Making sure that you're truly invested and committed to the team. Right? It's one thing to be an Eagle, put on the uniform or what have you. It's another thing to be truly invested, meaning that you're invested in your teammates. You're invested in your coaches. You're invested in this organization and everything it, it embodies and you're around here. You're 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 a part of what, what, what makes this thing click? And you're not going to get a 100% attendance from that, but your main guys have to be a part of that and be the driving force behind that.
0: Mm. Yeah, you yeah. have to use that disappointment to actually fuel you yes. going forward. And I think what was interesting about this year is they entered the season with a certain set of expectations because of that Super Bowl appearance. And everything was kind of viewed through that perspective. Everything was held to that standard. Given how this season turned out, how does this season shape the expectations going forward?
1: I think the expectations stay the same, right? I mean, winning a championship is what the standard is around here. So I think that remains the same. And the difference is, is that you're not coming off of losing in the Super Bowl. You know, losing in that Super Bowl last year and really exceeding expectations, you know, for some, that was an achievement. It just was of the, because the expectation in the bar was low for some of those guys. And then there were some who knows what it likes to win a championship. They know how disappointing that was in losing that. Having a season end the way this season ended, there's no one that's going to be happy about this. And so it's a lot easier to get everybody recommitted, refocused, get that drive and that hunger there that's that's needed, and everybody will be on the same page coming back here next year.
2: You know that's why I like the the saying when the Eagles won that Super Bowl in seventeen, like the hungry dogs run faster, like all of that stuff so, that originates from that kind of a mindset. And there's a reason why people talk about you know how difficult it can be coming off of losing a Super Bowl and what it means to get back to that mountaintop uh, and how hard it is to go after because, and the Eagles saw that this year, not only are you playing a a top flight schedule, uh, but you were getting every other team's best shot each and every week. You were the the game that everybody circles. uh, And we saw the gauntlet the Eagles had to run this year and they made it Two thirds of the way through that gauntlet, uh un- basically unscathed, and then on the back end of it was when yeah. they lost steam, and then the, the, everything kind of snowballed from that point on. So, uh, you know, one of the things I'm sure will be talked about <clears throat> over the course of this off season.
0: Yeah, it's it's just like we said, a little bit of loss for words at yeah. this point because we think about how we felt early on in this season and how things started to roll. As you said, the gauntlet, like. We looked at that stretch and thought, okay, if they can come out of here winning three of these games, four of these games, we'll be in good shape. And they started off so much better than we even expected, but for it to fall off the way it did, it was just, there's no answers right now. And also, to run it back is really hard to get back to -to back-to-back Super Bowls, plus the fact that they had two new coordinators on the field. Things were changing on the field for this Eagles team, and it's not so easy just to repeat success the exact same way.
1: Yeah, and, and that's why that, that game back in February, you know, as we move further away from it, um, it becomes more and more painful as you think about the opportunity sure. that was missed. And there are no guarantees that you're going to get that opportunity to be back in that game and have a chance to right that wrong. And so you know, the weight of trying to do that and knowing that that's all that really matters to everyone, right? You're three points away from winning a championship last year. You're bringing the majority of your players back. You know, your quarterback is young. Um, You feel like his future is bright. So you feel like you're going to be able to take on all naysayers and all comers. But the one thing that you can't account for is injuries. You never know when that type of stuff is going to happen. We talked about losing coordinators. So the team in in. I, I guess, and his image is coming back, but it's not really the same team yep. that's coming back from 2022. And more importantly, your opponents and obstacles aren't the same this time around. And the weight of that expectation, I think this team, and it's not as an excuse. I think it's just part of their story this year. The weight of those expectations, I think they carried them all year long. Mm-hmm. They really did. When we talked about early in the season, when they were winning games, and they weren't winning them necessarily in the fashion that makes everybody happy, whether, you know, they weren't winning because of throwing the football or they weren't scoring enough points or they weren't blowing teams out. You know, as players, you hear that stuff and you almost feel like, well, what can you do to satisfy everybody? You know, how does the win have to look in order for everybody to be happy about it? And again, it's not an excuse. I think it's just part of the story of this year's football team that the carrying the weight of those expectations, I think at times, was too much for them to bear. And they fought their way through a lot of it, 10-1. And, and They were having fun. And then when things weren't going well for them late, that weight became even heavier to have to try to shoulder. And they just could never get back to where they were earlier in the season. When they, when they had adversity, they had the ability to fight through that stuff. We talked about how resilient they were yeah. early in the season. Well, injuries, repetitive losses – Even more importantly, not being able to get out of the funk or the rut that they were in when you talk about negative plays or um, poorly timed um, uh, miscues in the game. Like, as players, you start scratching your head. Like, man, we're like, nothing we do is working right now. It seems like something is going wrong every time we try to do anything. And I just think eventually that became a little bit too much for them.
2: And that's the thing is that, you know, I think when you look at, uh, you know, this team, if six months ago, uh, I think most, and this is all external expectations, right? But most yeah. fans and media would say, all right, like, this team went 11 and five the year after the Super Bowl. You would probably accept that and say, okay, like, let's go to the playoffs and see what, you know, what, what you can happen when you make the tournament. Um, but it was the, the how, it was mm-hmm. the why, it was the, the timing of, of those five losses uh, and what happened down the stretch that ultimately, uh, you know, resulted in the outcome and, and the ultimate feelings for this team going into the playoffs.
0: It certainly made a huge difference. We're actually hearing from Lane Johnson right now in the locker room his thoughts on offensive third downs and what the offseason means.
1: A lot of those like plays happen like you know, third downs where defense made a stop and we needed to get these plays done so we could change the tra- trajectory of the game and it didn't happen so, yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, um, we have plenty of time in offseason to reflect, analyze every player, I mean, every player um, you know, is what it is. You're going to get analyzed for how you produce, um, what kind of teammates you are, um, all that. So it's it's all getting evaluated. So it's frustrating. Um.
0: So it is what it is for Lane Johnson and the Eagles going forward. And right now that means the season is over they pack their bags they're done in the wild card round and like you said I think a lot of people if you told them at the beginning of the year hey the Eagles are going to finish 11-5 they would have taken that but it's the fashion and the form in which that happened
2: yeah and then obviously the way that they go out in the playoffs uh, was not something that I think fans would have embraced uh, and that the media would have said okay like that's uh, that's acceptable uh, at this point but uh, look, that, that's the way that this season went. And like all of you watching at home, we're kind of in the same boat uh, as all of you. We're just, okay, you know, what what happens now? Uh, this certainly stings. But um, again, a lot of the issues that we saw tonight is what we've been talking about for the last month.
1: Yeah, and it's just one of those things that, you know, if we spent so many weeks saying, or even the players saying, we got to get this stuff cleaned up. We got to get this stuff cleaned up. We can't continue to play this way and still expect to win. Well... I mean, they were right, and, and, yeah. and, and, and right. that's pretty much how things played itself out uh, over the last month and a half of the season. You know, the only thing that didn't happen tonight was, I believe I don't think we turned the ball over at, at all tonight, so it wasn't. No.
2: Well, unless you got the safety, but I uh, yeah, wouldn't right. yep, it.
1: But other than that, yeah, so I, it's it's one of those situations where you feel like you figured out what the issue is, but it's not just one thing, right? It's it's, a mul- it's multiple things, and it's coming from multiple facets of the team, from different players, and it comes up in the most inopportune times. And when you're on the road and you give a team like Tampa Bay any type of confidence, any type of life, they're feeding off that momentum. You know, they're feeding off of that confidence. We just talked earlier, they only scored nine points last week uh, in their final game against Carolina. Three Number field goals. Yep. Yeah, three three field goals. And so, coming into this game, they felt like, okay, this this is an area we can try to to get healthy in and get our offense going. And you know, it panned out well for them. And from a, from an Eagles standpoint, you're saying to yourself, we're just basically holding on right now. We're trying to hold on until we can get something going that we can sort of ride the, the wave with the momentum and they just couldn't get enough of it going tonight. You know, Even when they got it in short spurts, it fizzled out somehow because we couldn't finish with a touchdown or we couldn't convert on fourth down or something of that nature. And even when our defense played well for that stretch, we couldn't get anything going from the offensive side of the football to sort of build off of that momentum.
0: It never clicked. It just never clicked, and there was a lot of talk about flipping the switch and finding it all – They just weren't able to do it. And some teams are and some teams aren't. And it's not to say they didn't have the ability to flip the switch. They just couldn't do it. And I I know what you said about there was all these little problems going on, all these little things that added up. Was there a hierarchy in terms of what should have been addressed first? If they addressed one thing first, would it have created a domino effect going forward?
1: Well, I mean, you look at this team, and and Frank, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's – different issues, and it's on both sides of the football. So, right, the the, the problems on the offensive side of the ball, whatever they may have been, whether it was from schemes, whether it's from play calling, whatever it may have been, that's totally different than the issues they had on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. You know, so defense dealing with a lot more injuries, guys playing out of position. You got a new coordinator over there trying to figure out how do you put guys in the best position. So – that you can A, help the defense as a whole unit, but also get the most out of those individual players, particularly your star players. And so they're trying to fix things on the run. Whereas with the offensive side of the ball, you know, I, I wonder how much, you know, coming into the game, Jalen with his hand, you know, it, it, he didn't look comfortable early in the game, but as the game started to move on, he started to seem like he didn't think about his hand as much, but I wonder how much coming into the game did that play with his mental.
2: Yeah, he dealt with the, the knee uh, earlier this year. He was yeah. sick at uh, the game against Seattle. Um, and to answer your question, Marissa, I think too, the, the other thing I think about with this team, especially compared to last year's team, is that when you look at, uh, at the sport of football, and it's one of my favorite things about it, it's one of the things I love about it, but also it's the thing that makes our jobs hardest in explaining things when things go wrong is that it is the ultimate team game and complimentary football is absolutely a thing. And when you look back at 2022, and one of the things that made the Eagles so, so great was, you know what? Offensively, they jumped out on teams. They were the best first-half team in football. They scored you know, 25 points every first half. And then when you get into halftime, you come out of the locker room, and offensively, you're going to run the ball down the other team's throat, and you're going to pin your ears back, and you're going to rush the passer, and you set a team record in sacks, and you were the best rushing team uh, by efficiency in, in, in uh, team history. right? So I think when you look at that team, And then you juxtapose that with what happened this year. And you had a lot of slow starts on offense, which then meant the defense was playing uphill for most of the second half. And you you didn't have as many of those pass rush opportunities. And things happened where guys got a little bit older or fell off a little bit. And now all of a sudden, all, all these little things here and there, and it's not even drastic changes right you had changes schematically you had changes with both coordinators position coaches on both sides you had big changes there but I think ultimately and just the the overall feel of the team why things felt a little bit different is that you had that explosive start in the game in so many of those games last year and it changes the whole dynamic and when you don't so that's why yeah we could say like the, the issues on offense versus the issues on defense they were they were very different you you're having some different conversations on both sides of the football but those issues affected one another and that's again one of the things that I love about this game it's one of the that's why you you can't it's not just uh you know kind of black and white like very simple thinking you, you often have to think about the game in, in a lot of different ways and a lot of different ways to approach it but uh ultimately uh it's the ultimate team sport and that was one of the big things with this team is that you had too many issues that impacted each other on both sides of the football
0: yeah it was it was a very complicated knot yes. to untie and untangle yeah. this season uh, Dallas Goddard just spoke to the media in the locker room and he wanted to explain that situation he had with Jalen Hurts on the sideline. Why did it boil over
1: like that? Yeah, I mean I don't think uh, I'm trying to think of this game. Uh, someone mentioned that to me earlier. I don't I don't think me and Jalen had any problems all game. Um, I think I think I saw the clip. It was hard to tell what part of the game it was, but I think it was on the third down and um I missed a signal, and I, uh, you know, could have messed up a big play. Uh, to Smitty there early in the game—I think that's when it was—and uh, you know, it was it was my fault. I, I missed the sign, and it could have been a big play to Smitty. So I was just a little frustrated with myself, uh, not Jalen at all. You know, me and him got a great relationship. I don't think we've ever had an argument, so uh, it was nothing, nothing that you know, you know, it's it's it's, it's just an emotional game. It was you know, we didn't get it on third down, so uh, everybody's a little upset, but it was you know, we got no beef at all.
0: It seemed like a lot of. The- it's good to get his perspective there because from an outsider looking in it looked like a completely different situation but with Dallas's uh context there in that situation we have a little more information I guess.
1: Yeah, and uh you know hearing it straight from the horse's mouth uh, as to what was going on from his perspective it's great to hear and you know I, I got no problem with that you know in the throughout the course of a game and I know this wasn't some big blow up or anything of that nature I just know emotions run high and Sometimes it can be you holding yourself accountable as a player as to what you should have been doing on a certain play that would have impacted what somebody else could have did on that play. And that's what it sounds like. Dallas was sort of mad at himself for uh, not being in the right place or what have you, and that that may have impacted what Smitty uh, could have done on that play based on uh, the routes.
2: Did that that ever happen to you uh, as a player? Obviously, you had those conversations, but where uh, it was caught on camera and then you were asked about it afterwards.
1: No, nah, never on camera. Yeah. 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 I wasn't important enough for the camera to be following me. And, and none of my disagreements involved the coach or the quarterback. So yeah, if, if, if me and one of my, you know, linebacker mates or somebody, you know, was had a little heated spat over there, yeah, they probably weren't necessarily checking for me on the sidelines. <laughs> Great
2: stuff from Marissa and Ike. Thanks to them and great stuff from them all season long. Marissa and her first year hosting that show did an outstanding job. And Ike, uh, I mean, this was our uh, this was our 12th year together, uh, working together for Eagles game plan. So uh, always fun with Ike, uh, catching up with him on a weekly basis, not just here for the podcast, on the post-game show, Eagles game plan, all the other work uh, that we do together. Uh, really cherish uh, all the work I'm able to do with Ike. So thanks to both of them and thanks to all of you out there for your continued support of this show. And all the rest of our X's and O's content here with Eagles Entertainment. That being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you later this week.